at the Hall of Justice. Was I glitching? A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. It took You'll you a moment that. To, to get in. It happens. Um, welcome to an early edition of uh, Mondays for the Mind. Uh, as the intro video said, we got Darian Neiheiser back with us. Hey, guys. Hello. Nice to be back. What's going on? <laughs> Hell yeah. I love your intro song too. I like your uh, your theme song. It's hilarious. <laughs> I was cracking up. It was so funny because like you introed me and then like it showed y'all standing there, just like whooping someone. I was like, "Hey, is that me?" No, no, no. We didn't film. We didn't film. <laughs> I thought it was a nice uh, a cut from the title card to just Chase just popping somebody. That, in that was good. That was funny. Shoutouts to Randy. <laughs> People are gonna think we like waterboard our guests. Like. <laughs> These these are some hardcore interviews we do here at Chase and Ship. I wish we were at the level where we could film specific intros with every guest that came on. That'd be nice. That'd be fun to be able to do that and it's hit them with stuff. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time right. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. One of these days. But yeah, we are like a little what year old dudes that do the. We're like an hour earlier than normal, so the sun's still mm-hmm. out. It's throwing me off. It's throwing me off right now. Definitely. Um, it's still the month of love, so we're still talking love. Darian, Hello. let me ask you the broadest question I could possibly ask. What yes. do you think you can bring to the conversation of love this month? I think I can bring my experiences. I think I can bring in the experiences of people you know in my life i think i could bring in spirit experiences of people like i work with right with with love and with all the things i think that kind of get tangled up with it you know it's an interesting topic um and funnily enough i feel like um there are a lot of aspects to it that maybe we don't necessarily talk about or are really open about so yeah i'm excited to talk about it ship dealer's choice um Let's see the month of love. What's something we haven't talked about this month that would be interesting to talk about? Do you guys, do you boys, do you feel like um, the way that like uh, society views love and you know as a whole right now? Do you think that um, pornog has had a damaging effect on that? Okay, because like you know, like basically, like you know, I'm I'm about to be 36 this coming year. So like you know, I grew up in the era of the internet booming. So it was like you know, you if you wanted to look at that kind of stuff, you had to get a magazine, 
which you couldn't at like 10. Uh, but now you could literally probably put whatever into a, a search bar or, or even a website bar. And, you know, people like Meyer, we know what whitehouse.com got you and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. do you, do you awesome. feel like. I've never heard anybody say pornog before. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't heard it's it like fine. that? No. <laughs> but I'm going to use it from now on. Oh. Yeah, I'll check it out, Shep. I'll give it a I'll give it a Google. Incognito, <laughs> that, of course. I can't let um you know that's been no pornog. That's been my um workaholics. That's where I've heard that from. Uh, Adam Devine on Workaholics always called it pornog and you know, pornog. like uh makes sense. Forget what they always called masturbating as uh like um grind down or something. It wasn't that, but something like that. Yeah, yeah, saying so masturbating yeah, no. is just too. Yeah, it's it's just too. Uh, I feel like religious. You got to call it something, right? Pornog. It's nice and cute, you know. Cranking down. The that's depending. what they call it. Cranking, yeah, cranking down. down. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like damaging. Is that what the question was? Yeah, because I mean, like, so uh, who was it? Oh, like months ago, like probably half a year ago, Billy Ellish. That's who she came out and kind of said, you know, like. Um, seeing pornography and being exposed to pornography when she was young kind of like really messed with her whole perception of what love was supposed to be and what sex between like, you know, in relationships and stuff was supposed to be. So like along those lines, like, you know, do you think it's like, since it is readily available, um, do you think, you know, because like rom-coms have shaped how people view romance. Right. Well, I was just getting ready to say, Darian asked before the show if we ever talk about movies, and we're getting ready to right now. The movie uh, Don John with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, the original title of that movie was Don John's Addiction. And um, his addiction in the movie is that you know he's, he's addicted to porn. Um, and he falls in love with Scarlett Johansson in that movie. And each of the characters kind of has their own addiction that might be a little more subtle. But like her addiction is romance movies. And so you have this couple who their versions of love are based off of these, you know, fictitious things, you know, the romance film and, and porn. It's just not reality, but that's what they're like basing their their lives off of. So, yeah, I mean, I think it can definitely have an effect on, on people. Yeah, most definitely. I I wish I was a, a better expert at kind of like addiction and how that works, especially with porn. But I mean, if you ask, like, right, like, uh, like well-known people like Terry Crews, he'll tell you, you know, it does affect your your relationships. And I think, um, obviously, you know, with Billie Eilish's um, experience, it's something that definitely affects you when you're young. I was exposed to porn when I was really young, right? Just for like some some honest disclosure, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think whenever you're that young, obviously, like you're super you're super influential by anything. Right. And it's kind of like whenever whenever you use porn, especially like when you're masturbating, you're constantly pairing those two. You're pairing like that expectation and that stimulus of whatever you're watching with like getting that like constant like sense of joy sexually. Right. right? And that can definitely I feel like fuck with your expectations, even kind of like make that something a routine your brain is going to be able to kind of get into and even stay in unless you decide you're ready to change that. And I think that kind of extends past you know, um, um, adolescence or like your teenage years, right? Even until like your young adulthood, your adulthood, right? But um, yeah, I would definitely say it's something that affects your expectations, like with, with intimacy for sure and the things you might be looking for in a relationship. 
Um, and I also think it depends on like your, your like psychological defenses too, right? It's like, were you someone who is like in a community or society that's able to openly talk about sex or not? Right. Are you in a community or raised in a family that doesn't talk about their emotions or really like um, like have those kind of open conversations about sexuality in general? Because that can really affect it too. a lot of because it's, it's kind of like um, I forget the word for it. It's kind of like biopsychosocial with porn and its effects. Right. I mean, kind of like sitting like love on the side with that. Right. Because I I think like love and the addiction to porn can be very different things, obviously. Um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I forget where I was going to go. I was going to take it to um, uh, a point, but <laughs> lost it. It'll come back to me. It happens. No, I feel. Yeah. But I feel what you guys are saying. I mean, I agree with that, too. Uh, I just like, cause I, you know, I always wonder, uh, I, I'm single out here in the world, you know, trying to, trying to find my way and stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of people like, uh, especially just seeing like social medias and stuff. A lot of people like to get their ass beat basically when it comes to, to having sex. And I've always wondered if that was like, do people really like that? Or is that just what they saw, you know, yeah. like in pornography growing up and they think like that is good sex. That's what I always wanted when I was, you know, mm. was in my formative years. And that's what, you know, I because it's like I, I just saw a meme the other day where they it was like a, you know, cars mirror on a window, like right next to a wall like that close. And, one you know, the mirror said, uh, you know, uh, domestic violence in the walls, like how rough I like my sex. And it's like that's mm. how close they like it. And it's like I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all different types of ways. There's all different types of ways to like show love, right? I mean, with like the sexual aspect of it and with kinks. Kinks are super interesting, right? It's like one way to like show love is like a language. Um, but with sex, I feel like the 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 waters can really get muddy going back to like the porn. I mean, if like to like we know that like too much of anything is probably not really helpful, especially when it comes to like how we how we have like our self-care, how we take care of ourselves, like how we get our kicks, things like that. Right. But I think I might have interrupted you, Chase. No, I don't think no. so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like love languages is kind of what um kind of like that that point reminds me of. Like how do you show how do you show like your love for someone in a romantic relationship? Right. And I'm kind of curious, I guess, like are we are we going to um, kind of extend this like past romantic relationships to just talk about like love in general or because this is kind of like the season of love, right? So we're going to keep mm -hmm. it like more romantic. It doesn't matter. We can go down whatever path you want to mm -hmm. take, but yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm curious too, because that kind of like raises um, a question I might have for y'all. Like what's like your love language? It's like when you love someone and we can maybe keep it in the romantic relationship for now, like, like when you love someone, how do you show them love? Right. Like, what would that mean for you? Feel you. I, I know I took one of those tests once and it said right. that my love language was a <laughs> physical touch, I believe. But um, I don't know. I don't know if that's entirely true because I, I, I do like doing things for other people. That's, mm -hmm. that's I know that's my way of showing love mm -hmm. uh, to other people. Mm hmm. I feel that mine, mine would, mine's pretty much that, but I know like my, uh, on my quiz or whatever, uh, a top one for me was, um, uh, 
just quality time. Like, you know, just being around the other person. I don't need to be in your space and you can be doing whatever you're doing, but like, you know, we're around each other. We're vibing. Um, But yeah, just like, like, you know, like you said, Chase, like to me, when I, when I look at love, it's a lot of, it's like, I look towards like my son, you know what I'm saying? Like he's 15 and he lives in a different state. So like on Friday when he's like, yo, I want to come, over to your house this weekend dad and i got to drive to indianapolis it's like i don't want to drive to indianapolis at all mm-hmm. and back like that sounds whack i don't want to do that but it's like i would never even think about being like no i don't and it's like i would go an hour past indianapolis if i really had to to go pick him up you know it's mm-hmm. because i i love that kid i want to see him i want to spend some time around him and with him mm-hmm. um and that's that's kind of how i have always looked at love like um <laughs> in a relationship like is it somebody like if i'm getting off work and i know you know my partner's at home am i like damn you know i was kind of really hoping i could just go home and have some alone time to me or am i excited to go hang out with him you know i'm like oh that's cool like i'm yeah um and it it always differentiated to me like do i just kind of like like this person or do Mm -hmm. i really love this person Mm -hmm. interesting i mean when I think about like the whole love languages thing, I think it, it just popped into my mind because I was like, I asked that, but like who came up with like the love languages? I right. think his name's like Gary Ch- uh Gary Chapel or like Gary Ch- Gary Chapman or something, right? Um, I don't think he was like even like a like mental health person or like research person or neurologist or like anything. I think he was like a he's just some dude. Yeah, it's just some guy. <laughs> the love languages book got really popular. And people, you know, take the quizzes. And I think when I took the quiz, it's it's it said like my top one. One of them was like physical touch, and another one was um, uh, gifts, like giving gifts or something. But I thought that was really funny because at that time I was like broke as shit, and then even at this point in life, I don't really make that much. But I think that was like something I was like thinking about for a while, and also thinking about like what are the other ways like I. I like show that I think I have just like, I think everyone has this, so just a mixed bag, honestly, of, you know, wanting to spend time together and also, you mm-hmm. know, the physical touch aspect, giving gifts, doing acts of service, things like that. Um, oh man, another question just came to mind. I was going to ask, but yeah, I would say, I'd say have a mixed for, for myself, you know? Yeah. It's definitely a mixed bag over here too. It's because like you're saying, it's, yeah. it's, some days it'll be more more than others you know some days i i really just want that quality time that's all i need uh some days like you're saying yeah the physical touch and the quality time is great sometimes doing an act of service while they're away for them i'm gonna go take care of this for you you don't have to worry about it and one less stress yeah so i i vibe with that i get a little annoyed sometimes i think with um when i guess how like people sometimes talk about love i think it's like I don't know how to like phrase it but it's one of the things that seems like almost i don't know i just feel like it's one of the things that's romanticized the most obviously i think yeah. when it comes to love there's not a lot of conversations about the toughest parts of love mm-hmm. like especially with loss i know you all have cov- covered loss before mm-hmm. um with loss and also like when you really love somebody like the the ways in which um 
I think I think when you really love someone, it almost prompts you sometimes to like grow a bit or like learn something about yourself, right. especially with the other person when you have disagreements with them or um, when you're just like butting heads or when you're having a bad day or when they're having a bad day. I think when challenges come up, it's not really talked about how much like, and it's not really popularized, I feel like as much like, mm -hmm. how love can like play into that and right. what it like pushes us to do sometimes. You know, love is, it's it's something that can be like such a huge motivator. And I think it's one of like the best motivators. And yeah. it's one of the things that's like unconditional, right? I do find myself trying to push against certain things that have been normalized in love, mm -hmm. I feel like. Um, and there are things that I feel like we should all be doing, you know, like it's mm -hmm. the, like the things that we've accepted as a society, like, oh, this is what love is. This is yeah. what relationships are. Some of the views are kind of fucked, <laughs> you know? Do you uh, think that you could even like define love? Like if you had to define love, what would you what would you say to some, a fucking alien race comes by like lands down right and you know i feel like for me it's change over the i honestly i feel like i've always been that that guy mm -hmm. as far back as i can remember has always been like the hopeless romantic that like you know i was always looking for the the like the finite like this is the definition of what love is but i find that the definition of love shifts as you as you grow and you know as you learn more about it and i feel like it does like it encapsulates everything like i think for me especially it was when i got into buddhism mm -hmm. and stuff like that and just how much it talks about just opening your heart to everybody even those people who are just monstrous you know and have being able to have love for those people too uh and and there is like i, I you know i don't know i still couldn't define it i still couldn't put it into words you know um, but I know, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh, this is what love is like regarding like a, a relationship, you know, whether it was like, no, oh, you see somebody and that's it. Like they're your soulmate. Mm. Um, and then you got a lot of people who are like, you know, a lot of couples will get in fights over this. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you, you can't be in love with more than one person. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. I think plenty of people can, can feel that love for multiple people when, yeah. but it's their choice to be with who they want to be with at the end of the day, you know? So. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Like, I, I feel like I was also in that place for a long time. Cause when it came to love, I thought I was like Pepe Le Pew, you know, <laughs> like all, all flustered and, and doing the chase with like women. And it never like occurred to me. Cause I feel like, well, I won't, I won't like get into that. Like what I'm thinking, but, um, yeah, I I definitely like changed my views as well when, you know, um, myself as well as Priyanka, you know, when we've been faced with some pretty, pretty intense challenges over the last few years during the pandemic. And I think there have been a lot of really trying and testing things. And I think one thing with love that can be like a common denominator and has been is being able to overcome for the sake of like those you love, right? I feel like it's it's like love is like accepting like how somebody is or like how a situation is and still committing to like honoring that person or that situation. I think it's like it's like it's really indomitable and you can tell when it's not indomitable when like love is conditional and things like that. You know, Definitely. I think that's yeah. I always did the age old uh 
you know, I looked at the people that raised me and stuff and how love was. So, you know, my grandfather's the type like, you know, my he's only with my grandmother. And when she passed away, he wouldn't even he won't even go out to eat lunch with a woman by himself. Like, he's just like, no, no. And it's like, she, she, you know, her husband's passed away, too. She's just trying to go out and have lunch with somebody, my dude. He's like, I'll just run inside. Um so I think when I was a lot younger, you know, I fell into that. So when I got, you know, like with my son's mom and he came about, you know, that was what got me into my first marriage really quick was, uh, you know, I want to do the right thing. And then, you know, you overlook so much within relationships and this and that. So at a very young age, you know, I had that terrible, toxic uh, relationship that led me to grow from there. Um you know, and realize things I don't like, uh, set boundaries and stuff like that. And I'm not going to have somebody treat me like that again. Uh, but nowadays, you know, to me, love how I'd explain it to an alien, uh, would be like, you know, if you, if you find it, you know, cause to me, this has, this can apply to everybody. Cause it's just like, when you find, you know, your person, that just feels like home. And that, I'm not talking, you know, not the physical home that you're in. You could be anywhere, anywhere in the world at your highest highs or at your lowest lows, but you still feel like you're in the right spot. You're at home. You're where you're supposed to be. That to me is when you always knew, you know, I, I I'm in like, I love that person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's like, um, you know, cause that's everything. That's, that's friendships to me. Do I feel safe at my mother's house? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I feel safe at my mom's house still. You know, like I love my mom. Like she's good. If I drop in a random house, do I feel safe in there? No, I don't. I don't love any of these people. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. You, you can be your true self, you know, and that was, that was a big one too for me. It was like, and that's why, you know, like a lot of people, you know, you go out and if I go to work, I, I, I can be 85% Aaron at work, but I kind of got to hide 15% of me because could get, you know, in a little trouble if I was, you know, like, oh, yeah, like I want to get smoke right now or something. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. And I feel like at home you can be your true self, you know, like you're looking at my home right now. It's it is me. It is my true self. Like everybody that knows, knows me would walk in here and be like, yeah, this is what I expect. <laughs> so that was how I always just looked at somebody like they're at home. So it's like I can I can be weird as fuck in front of them. I can try something new and get some honest feedback you know Mm -hmm. me being a musician that was always one big thing in relationships is trying to show my partner at the time like a new song and being like what do you think of this and they're like oh everything you make is so great i love it and it's like are like honestly though like tell is this good or is this shit like you can be like that was kind of cringy but it was all right you know bless you bless you thank you (laughs) goodness so yeah, yeah, that's how it's kind of how I've always based love, you know, in my older adult now years. Mm-hmm. Like being able to just like be yourself and also like feel safe in a place. Uh, like you know, like yeah, like with yeah. with somebody. And it's not you know, especially these days because I think you know. Um, getting into relationships these days, especially dating wise is, is weird because a lot of us um, it's like, boom, 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 boom with the apps. So you meet somebody, you talk yeah. for a few, 
you know, you talk for a few days, especially if you look at any sort of advice towards men, mm -hmm. you know, they tell, they tell dudes, like, if you talk to a girl two days, you better be planning a date with her because at that point <laughs> you're not, some, yeah. somebody else already is and this and that. So I feel like we really rush into relationships. We find people mm -hmm. that we think are physically attractive. And it's like, I have a physical attraction to you. Let's, let's date. And yeah. now let's try to get to know one another. And yeah. then that's where things always go haywire. Cause it's like, Oh, we're not at all compatible. Yeah. That's like infatuation versus love. I feel like sometimes with a lot of people and there are a lot of people I feel like who would like doubt that I've had someone doubt yeah. that in my life that there's infatuation. And then there's also love when it comes to dating. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause like we, we definitely like hear stories. I've heard stories about, you know, I met so-and-so at this spot and I knew I would be with them for the rest of my life. And they're like 30 years married, 20 years married, in some families' cases, like 40 years married, things like that. And that's that's fantastic, right? It's like you want to see that in the world. You want to see people who want to be together or finally be together. And I personally also seen like plenty of times where, and it goes both ways, mm -hmm. right? So people who go, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be this person for the rest of my life. I fucking, I, I love her so much. I love him so much. Wait, can we curse on this? Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. So <laughs> like people who go like, oh, that that's the person for me. Right. And then they have sex with them. And then there are some issues that start coming up as soon as they feel safe together and feel like they can open up to each other. There's a lot of baggage that can come with that too. And then well, there ends up being a separation, right? Yeah. And that kind of tested it, right? If it was, if it was like love or not, right? In some cases, of course, right? There's going to be like uh, issues with like abuse and probably like some like legitimate like safety stuff. But in a lot of cases it can be like, oh, this person showed the side of them that wasn't lovey-dovey and it either scared me or I didn't like it, it disgusted me, whatever else, and kind of did, right? I When I was saying earlier that I, I try to actively kind of push against certain things, mm -hmm. uh, what you you were just talking about, uh, both of you really, about, you know, okay, people rush into it, and then, and then they start to get to know each other, like mm -hmm. once they're already in it, which is that, I think, is what causes problems. It's solidified mm -hmm. into a relationship. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they both signed the contract and then later on they're like, fuck, why did I sign that contract? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, they didn't read the fine print. But th when those issues come up, you know, I think it's standard practice for a lot of people to just not discuss it. Yeah. Or, you know, it might get brought up, but it gets brought up in very harmful ways. Like mm -hmm. it becomes fights. becomes an um, attack. It's like, exactly. oh, well, you're like blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. it's like, hey, you know, that was who I was. But OK, let me attack and, that. Uh, or, you know, somebody else is doing something that you don't like and, mm -hmm. and you know you don't like it. And, you know, say for me, because I this was the experience I had, you know, a little while back where, you know, my girlfriend was doing something that I, I did not like <laughs> that a certain thing that I've kind of set that boundary for myself because of previous relationships. And, um, I feel like a lot of the time it's standard practice to just suppress it and, and let it slide. And, um, you know, I push against that by having that uncomfortable conversation of saying, Hey, this bothers me. And if they want to say, oh, I don't want to talk about it, I said, we, we have to because, you know, you hate to be so blunt in the honesty, but it's like, if this problem persists, we will not be able to stay together. You know, it's just knowing yourself. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in a mindset of like, oh, well, I have to make this work no matter mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily true, you know. 
uh, that don't just throw in the towel at the littlest inconvenience or, you know, the first, like, like you said, you and Priyanka have been through a lot of intense life events. Belle and I have also, you know, gone through a lot in this past like year and a half of knowing each other where it's just like those big life events, you know, test you for sure. Um, but when it comes to your own personal boundaries and stuff, if I feel like if you, if the other person you're with can't respect those boundaries, um, and, and you've tried your best, you have every right to say, I, I have done what I can here and it's out of my hands. It, you know, you got to walk away. Yeah. And I mean, that's to me has always been the biggest test to see if somebody does truly love you or no, because like when you look at every other aspect of love, you know, if, you know, if I grab my son and I'm like, Hey, come on, we're going to go do this. And he's like, dad, I'm, I'm real uncomfortable right now. I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Let's get out of here. Let's go. You know, it's no question. So whenever, you know, any sort of boundaries have come up in relationships with me, you know, if someone accepts that and is like, I'm going to try my hardest and do that for you and work with you on this, you know, that to me is love, you know, any sort of pushback is where it's like, you shouldn't have any sort of pushback here. Like, you know, right. lo- this is how like you should respect each other's boundaries because that's what they'd want done to them. Yeah. So it's I like, will say yeah. as well, I feel like another sign of love is almost it's kind of the reverse. It's like two things being true at once where it's like I feel like if you said that to somebody it's like, hey, this is my boundary and or whatever news that comes up to this other person that's new to them. They also have the right to say, you know what? Yeah, I can't accept that. You know, I can't accept mm-hmm. that. I can't, you know, it goes against what I think, feel, or no, I don't have what it takes to handle something like that. And they have the right to say, you know what? You're right. We shouldn't be together. And I think mm-hmm. that's admirable to also mm-hmm. to just know yourself, you know, first and foremost, it's, just baseline, knowing yourself well enough. Because then that's an act of love in and of itself, I feel like, to say, well, hey, yeah, that, we're just going to cause each other uh, more hurt. healthy communication right there that's what that's called and that's exactly right you're communicating with them that you know if you know because there are some things you know like you were saying there's things we all go through in life so there could be some you know traumas um from you know the past that somebody has with them i've had this happen in relationships too where i'm a very animated person you know like i talk and i move and sometimes i'm like oh and i'm yelling and i'm doing this and that and people that startles some people they don't like that you know and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so to me, that's something that if it's, you know, if it's brand new in a relationship and I'm just meeting somebody and they're like, whoa, whoa, hey, you just you're a lot. You seem like a lot. It's like, well, then, you know, this isn't going to work out. And that's fine. It's I think, yeah, because that goes back to what you were saying a little bit ago, Chase, of how people are afraid to like, you know, just admit like it didn't work out. It failed. It it's wasn't, OK for it not to work. Like, it's yeah. okay. Like, if it doesn't work, you're not a failure in life, you know? It's well, and I think a lot of people think it's a waste of time when you do that. Like, oh, that's all just a bunch of time wasted. I just spent all that time all and I could, you know. It's all how you take yeah. the, the hit. Well, adventure know? time. Adventure time is actually what taught me um, a really good lesson in that. And that was just that, you know, you look at every, like me, I look at every relationship I've ever had. And if right now, tomorrow, somebody said, hey, man. We invented a fucking time machine. You can go visit any day you've lived right now. No matter what happened to me, if I go back to that time, it's happening. You know what what I'm saying? Like, it's still happening. So regardless of, you know, if it's 10,000 years after I pass away, if someone goes back to, you know, 
April 28th of 2005, I'm going to be with the girl, you know, my high school sweetheart dating her at that time. And we're doing our thing. So that's one of those that always helped me really realize like nothing's really wasted in time. It's just, you know, it's time to move to something new, something different. Right. I think, however, like, I think however you, however you choose to love someone, however you show your love, however you react to those feelings that are around love, right? It's, it's going to be reflective of like how you love yourself. You know, like, do you, do you allow yourself a lot of freedom? Do you allow yourself to acknowledge your own limits? Do you allow yourself like self-respect? I think however you show up to yourself is going to be super reflective in, again, how you love others. Like, are you someone who is more like avoidant with those feelings and those situations? Are you someone who craves love? Like there are people out there who really crave it. And then at the same time, while, you know, they actively try to pursue it, will turn it down, right? At a moment's notice, right? And we see that kind of like having like clinical, you know, um, indications in therapy. But I think, um, however, like you, one of you like, oh, like, am, am I worth this? Do I deserve this relationship? Right? If you're ever like, questioning that, I think it, it might also be helpful to question like how you hold the relationship with yourself, which is just as important, right? I think um, the more, and I th it kind of plays into that saying, like, I hate cliches. I use cliches all the time. I hate cliches, but it's kind of well, like. That's the, that's the thing about cliches. Yeah. Cliches for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can't love someone until you love yourself. I don't think that's completely true. I think that's kind of like a silly generalization, mm -hmm. but there's some validity to it. Right. Right. Um, if you can find like your own deservedness, if you can find your own like openness and readiness, like to just like, like enrich your own life and do better for yourself mm -hmm. and ride the wave of growth and development throughout your whole life. It's going to be all the better for the people in your life that you are yeah. ready to love and connect you with. Can, you can definitely fall in love with somebody without loving yourself. Let's, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's, it's such a weird like overgeneralization with that one. It's like you can you can love someone, but you're probably going to be showing them love the same way you show yourself love. How do you guys feel are ways that somebody could learn to love themselves? Mm. I don't think, um, you know, we've been talking a lot question. of, I, I think we've talked a lot of different aspects of relationships mm -hmm. and that's all true. this throughout the month. And I don't think we've really turned it on the personal self. Mm -hmm. Ding, ding. I'm glad we're here. <laughs> I'm glad we're here. This is always a fun, it's always a fun and like educational like a conversation when I feel like, because again, there, there's another, there's another, I feel like um, my brain's just not working after work today. Another point, right? Of the romanticization of love is that it's always turned like outward. It's always like external and that you have to dole out love to everyone else. And it's not talked about as much as showing self-love. Right. I think like in our society, it's very like waspy. It's very like Protestant, like religious background that that can come off as selfish. It can come off as overindulgent, but it's important to talk about not like, not like being like a, a nice, nice guy to yourself, not being like a people pleaser to yourself and letting yourself get away with things, but true, right. true love for yourself. Yeah. It's, it's okay to have. And, and it looks a lot of different ways for, for people. 
It was like I was just saying before with the the boundary conversation and saying this is what's important to me. I I only know that because of that level of love for myself, the you know caring for myself, knowing hey you've put yourself through this before and you know what happens when you don't stand up and say something and nip this kind of shit in the bud. Uh, and all the time, you know, when you bring stuff up in conversations like that, it comes across as harsh because mm -hmm. it, it is criticism, you know, and uh, of course it's going to make the other person upset. But for me, I've had to learn that, like, you know, that's just her reaction. You know, that's a natural reaction to criticism is to feel upset. But I would not be saying these things if, if it wasn't for love, you know, like I because I want this to work. And if I don't say anything, how do you know you're not? that you're even doing anything that bothers me you know that communication is important but the only reason i know all that is because you know i spent alone time with myself um it was after just a lot of you know uh toxic relationship after toxic relationship of okay i finally hit this point where i'm like i'm so done with this i'm so emotionally exhausted from everything i've just gone through over the course of like five years or so and uh I, you know, insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. So I finally just said, it's time to try something new and spent a lot of time by myself for the next like two and a half years. I was, I was single and, uh, you know, I lived by myself for the most part. Um, but having that time to just reflect and get to know myself, it was one of those things that like, there were things I learned that I didn't even realize I learned about myself until I got back into a relationship. And then once I got back into a relationship after that period of time, then a lot of those lessons were a lot more clear to me because it's like, here are the things that you learned about yourself in the time that you spent with yourself, you know, and it was very beneficial. So I, you know, nobody wants to be lonely, but it, I think it's important to be alone, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's really important to get your solitude. I think there are a lot of people who struggle with like being bored and being alone more because like you can feel lonely in a crowd of people, especially if like you're dealing with something that no one else knows about. If you have like this shameful, like secret or shameful thing that you're holding on to, you can feel lonely. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think the solitude is really important for you to get to know yourself um, outside of what it what you look like around people, because for so many people, they look very different in crowds than by themselves or just one on one with them. You know, um, yeah, I think whenever it comes to like practicing loving yourself, think about who, who do you love most in in your life? Do you love your partner the most? Do you love one of your siblings the most a parent? And then if they were having like if they were having something to celebrate if they were having a tough time, what words would you give to them, right? Would you give them words of encouragement or try to motivate them if they were having a shit day? Or if they just won an award for something, would you like treat them out to dinner, right? Whatever you would do, do for yourself, right? If you just had a child and your job is to like keep up with that child's like hygiene, with their food, with their activity, what would it be like for you to do that for yourself, right? I think that's love, even just like in the smallest minute details is being able to, you know, cook the meals that you love or taking yourself out to like a movie, right? Or just doing something that you know you would you would love, right? Like, are you are you someone who's like a hobbyist who loves mountain climbing? Right. But don't feel like you can take yourself. You always had to go with other people. Maybe take yourself once or twice. Right. 
But again, like we kind of mentioned before, right? Um, everything in balance. Right? You don't want to be spending like right. your entire days every day just by yourself and, and indulging right. in yourself, right? There's a balance with everything. You know. Definitely. A lot of that alone time also fell within the the pandemic as well. So mm-hmm. once I was like truly living there by myself and during the pandemic, I, it was like, Oh shit, that was definitely too much alone time. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, See, now- you guys are saying this, but I'm sitting here like it's been about two years since my last relationship and I'm kind of mm-hmm. really digging my aloneness. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, being, you know, I'm not like, opposed to relationships, but I think, uh, you know, if there was like, Nah, that's it for you. If something, you know, the the, the universe came down and was like, nah, you ain't gonna, it ain't gonna work out. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, that's fine, that's cool. Yeah. Like, uh, but I do think, you know, I had to reach that level with myself, and a lot of that comes from like me. You know, like I said, I've got like a fifteen year old kid, so you know, like n- not leaving something behind. You know, as far as like continuing the old family bloodline. You know, that's not a worry of mine. Like that's, it's, it's already done. Um, you know, and I've done music for 20 years. So if something just happened to me, you know, it's like, so I think that a lot of it comes from that where it's like, I'm just fine. But you know, when I didn't love myself, I think you were just talking about this a second ago, Chase, um, is when I did, you know, cause you guys were both bringing up, like, even if, you know, you can still fall in love even if you don't love yourself. And that's very true. But I always found myself um, falling into very toxic situations because I didn't love myself. So I wasn't looking after myself. So, you know, I'd, I'd be with people that right nowadays, I probably wouldn't even give the time of day. Uh, but at that time, you know, it was those, oh, you know, I don't want to end up alone. You know, everybody else got, you know, girls and this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like with that self-love, I think, you know, I, I really love who I am and the person I am and the stuff I do these days. So am I going to let somebody come in and try to like straight up squash that? No, I'm not right. like, like I wouldn't let somebody do that to anybody that I love in general. Like I would be like, no, that's not cool. You can't do that. And I, you know, I always thought like, you know, maybe there's something there with that. Like if you keep finding yourself in these toxic sort of relationships and situations, maybe you need to spend mm-hmm. some inward time and yeah. and figure figure out if you're just placing yourself in these situations yeah yeah um, i'm not lumping i'm not lumping that situation into this category but i've worked with a ton of people who will just have like issues with like oh, it, and it's not like it's not always it's it's kind of mixed in there love with like things like codependency or love with like like just attachment right yeah. or love with love with like other things that aren't so helpful like you were mentioning yeah. chef there can be a whole there can be a whole bunch of stuff right that, yeah, that we we may confuse like love with which goes back to i feel like the porn thing yeah. right mm-hmm. if, if that's like our expectation and all our, the exposure we've had to to even just intimacy right and it would make sense why you know some people kind of struggle with that i uh, i just had to have a conversation the other day about attachment and relationships um, I think we were at a, I, I want to say it was all because of a, a fortune cookie, but uh, <laughs> it, it got brought up um, and I don't even remember why, but uh, I was asked if I was attached to my girlfriend and I had to answer honestly and saying like, no, to be clear, that's not how the conversation started. She wasn't just like, hey, are you attached to me? Hey guy, are you attached no, or what? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. 
but like you know i explained to her you know i I love you i care about you um but you know attachment is uh, one of those things that it's stressed a lot in, in buddhism and everything that like you know attachment that leads to suffering and it's like one of those things where it's like if you decided to like cheat on me today and like leave me if I was attached to you and this idea that nothing would ever change between us, I would be fucking devastated. Like, that's not to say I wouldn't be sad now but without the attachment. I would still be sad. I would still feel those emotions. But it would not rock my world in a sense that, like, it, that was everything. I put all my eggs in one basket. And, you know, that was the way I explained it. It didn't matter. She was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight, I probably should have just said yes, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spirit, the, the Buddhism uh, <laughs> lesson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, I feel what you're saying on that one for sure. I mean, attachment can be bad, you know, like it, it can get you stuck in a cycle if you don't if if you don't find, you know, the reasoning why. And, you know, some people don't want to look for it or whatever, because when I was younger, I had the same uh <laughs> Oh, look who it is. We're talking too loud. <laughs> when I was younger, I had the same sort of problems, you know, getting very attached to people very fast and whatnot. And it's like, you know, when it took the time to like look back at my childhood and stuff like that. Oh, my parents got divorced when I was 10. Oh, maybe that's where that is. You know, like life has been pretty hectic since then with people coming in and out. And so, you know, you, you go and you got to work through that. You got to process that. You got to look again, like I said, inward. And I think you start learning, you know, you accept that, Hey, that was beyond my control when I was a kid. Yeah. I was just a kid. And, and you know, you you get that love back for yourself. And then that's when for myself, that's when I started getting out of those attachment cycles. And it's like, to me, it's like, I, cause it's always, you know, you always get asked that question like that. You've been with somebody like two years, you attached to me. Right. Like, it's it been two years. Ask me again in 40 years and I'll probably right. be like, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. like I can't fucking imagine you not being here at all. Like, right. I, yeah. you know, that's that's terrifying. Because it is. It's hard to not get attached to things that are just always there. You know, like mm -hmm. it's, I feel like that, like when 2020 happened and all sorts of stuff just wasn't there anymore. You know, it was it, it shook the world. You know, uh, a lot of people just were so used to things being readily available and then they just weren't and everybody's like what the fuck mm -hmm. is happening um because you know you're attached it's more so being attached to ideas i feel like you know being attached to expectations and idea it does go back to the the pornog um it's uh it all circles back to the pornog pornog <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. it is it is that I think when you're with somebody that long, like you look at like like my grandfather, um, yeah. it's more to habit, you know, and it's it's normal. Excuse me. Was I glitching for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Was I glitching yeah. for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. just a bit. I saw yeah. I saw both of you glitch. I saw both of you glitch. That's how I said. So uh, like looking at my grandfather, it's like, um, you know, when you've been with somebody 50, 60 years um it's it's a habit you know you're in the habit you're yeah. in the habit of taking them to all their appointments you're in the habit of of caring for somebody of being there for somebody you know if uh you know like in his day he was the provider you know my grandmother stayed at home and took care of the house you know yeah. so it's like he still has that want now even though she's not around of of taking care of people of of being like no i got you i'll do that i'll take care of that i'll take the kids there i'll do this and that so I think a lot of that is just that it's a, it's a habit you develop and then you do get attached to people that way. 
mm-hmm. you know, like me and me and my best friend, uh, shout out to Tyler. Um, you know, we've watched wrestling on every Monday since I could remember, you know what I'm saying? Since we were younger, we still do now. And it's, it's a habit for me, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, I know I'm going to be over there. Now there's, there's certain times I might be busy. Be like, bro, I can't make it tonight. There's certain times he might be busy. And it's like, I remember this last time, um, him and his girlfriend went to the bears game. So, you know, he's gone all week. And when Monday comes around, he didn't even hit me up. I get this, but there's still something within me that like that bums me out. I'm like, damn. And it's because I'm just, I'm so that's habitual. I'm used to that. Um, so yeah, I think you, I think I I'm one that now I, I get my attachments through my, my habitual habits. Mm -hmm. So at least I'm in control of them because it's like, well, I let myself get to this point. Mm Yeah. 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 Yeah, attachment's a funny one. It's always it's always hard for me to judge it too, because it's just it's it's just at the end of the day a mental tool. You know, it's hey, you know, you survived growing up with a certain dynamic with your provider, right? This is a good thing. The bromance is so real between oh you two. I was about to say us three. Not not <laughs> not, not us. Like, I think she's we haven't even gone out on a date yet, it. guys. We haven't even gone. But um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's just your brain going. You know, you survived and you made it with this system. Keep pursuing this. All right. I think um, I don't know if it was John Gottman or some of the researchers that kind of like um did the work with like attachment theory and all those things, but I think it's called the activating behavior system, right? Every single person in the world has it. And we all like, without knowing it or not, like while knowing it or not, like seek that out, seek out what our attachment had been right with whoever we want our forever partner to be, because that's just the script that we have. Like that's, that's how our brain built up relationships. And I think that can be really dangerous. Like we just said for people, especially if we grew up in a neglectful household, an abusive household or both, right? If we're not really aware of what's going on, we can keep replicating that, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure that's it's a common knowledge like these days in mental health is that whatever that traumatic shit we dealt with growing up was, you know, we may either adopt it or actively attempt to kind of like flee it. In the case of love, it's super important to build awareness around what that stuff is just in case, you know, if it was ineffective then, right, or unhelpful then, like, is it unhelpful now? It, it could be, right, if, if you notice you grew up in those, in those environments. And for some people, their attachment was just completely safe, and it was open, and it was loving, and it didn't come with conditions, and it was, it was everything it needed to be. Right. That that can be great opportunities for folks because that can be, you know, I learned that this is the way to do it and it's the right way. And I feel whole and I feel like I can grow and I feel like I can be myself. Right. And those are those are wonderful moments for love to thrive because we already have that basis and then we can keep building on it from there. Right. And passing on those love traditions. Absolutely. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of it, you know, like I said, for me the concept of love really changed around, you know, it was like that just uh, being a certain time of my life and then getting into the Buddhism and stuff and, and just the way it talks about, you know, uh, cultivating love through understanding. I mean, it really opened my eyes to the way that, you know, you can, you can love people and and things in the world, you know, uh, it's just opening your heart to, 
to shit and and being able to understand like you know i said earlier like you know the the comparison that they always use they always go for hitler like he's like the number one bad guy in all of history apparently they took a vote and it's hitler um (laughs) but uh they're like you know you can even understand somebody like hitler and and find some sort of love in your heart it's like that doesn't make him not a piece of shit you know but like you can still like let's say understand him as a human being i guess chase you know? chase you're you're about to go on kanye territory hold on before we get a call from alex jones to come on this show <laughs> right no, no we're thanks. good on that Our we're best. good on that <laughs> But no, but no, I mean, I, you, I get the concept. I get the concept of what they're trying to say here. I mean, I do, you know, because you could even look at like that. You could look at what happened surrounding that and seeing the compassion and the love the rest of the world showed, you know, mm-hmm. the the victims over there and and be able to to find the love. So, I, I, so like I, if somebody's being a piece of shit to you, you know, if you immediately go for the, the, the standard response, which is just – injecting that hate into your heart and being like what the fuck man like you know and and snapping right back at them and and giving it right back to them you know rather than take a moment you know consider it's like yeah that guy's being an asshole but you know who knows why it could be anything you know you never know what people are going through sort of thing or it's somebody you do know and you know that they're kind of a piece of shit on a regular basis but it's like you can look deeper into that person and go, well, this is why they're a piece of shit. You know, they're still a piece of shit, but I get where it comes from and I feel for them and they need to work on it. You know? Hmm. Interesting. I feel like people forget that Hitler was also like on methamphetamines or not meth amphetamines, but on I amphetamines in general. Do they drug that dude the fuck up when he, when he was ruling Nazi Germany, I could, I couldn't fucking imagine being around that guy like evil. Yes. Also very addicted to drugs apparently. But, um, besides that, it's not a love, <laughs> a love topic, but, sure. um, yeah, still, I learned something today. <laughs> yeah. One for the mind. Oh yeah. 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 They were doing all kinds One of experiments the back then. It's so funny. I I think it would have been interesting to hear like um, a woman's perspective or someone who's not a man's perspective, because it's it's always funny. These conversations always like go to like something like crazy at the end, especially with like Hitler, <laughs> like as an example. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious like what other people's perspectives like would be because obviously like like men and this is something I feel like it has been like gatekept for like a long time. But like just not not being able to talk about like our emotions or not feeling like comfortable to talk about our emotions, I feel like is stunting. It's like it, it's so stunting. Like you have to go through like your own journey, like kind right. of like what we were talking about before, like your own journey of solitude or therapy or finding like a good group of people or finding that one experience that opens you up. Right. Like I, I've just heard so much people talking about like, 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 uh, like, oh, I was finally able to love myself after, like, I use, like, ayahuasca or, like, my my so-and-so almost died. And and it's tough because it shouldn't have to, like, come to that, I feel like. Right. Like, I don't want to hate on people who, who, you know, have experienced traumatic things or have, like, had ayahuasca help with their trauma or, or anything like that. But 
I feel like it, it has to be more normalized for us to be able to like have these conversations and talk yeah. about love because then we can actually figure out where we stand a little bit easier and love has a little bit more space to like find its way when we can actually just like talk about it in open spaces. It just feels, it just feels so sensitive and it feels wrong going back to our like conversation before and talking about like the reality or like, or like the, or just like pornog, right? Pornog itself and talking about that. It's, it almost feels as shameful to talk about the realities right. of love in a lot of environments, as especially as a man, right? Where people will tell you, you know, just uh you have some problems, just uh man up, you know, get over it. Don't cry about it, you know, kind of falling into the romanticization and like gatekeeping of all of that of how love should always be great and not spoken of, you know. It's it's um it's a tough deal. And I and I guess like whoever's like viewing this, I would like encourage, you know, talk about love more, like doing check-ins, like never hurts anybody, especially, you know, checking in with yourself. You know, how do you show yourself your love yourself? For some people it's, you know, I show myself, I love myself. I just, I take care of my crib and I reach out to the people I love and I do the things that I like. And that's, and that's great. Right. And I would also ask like, is there anything like people feel like gets in the way of being able to express love? you know, feel love or feel loved themselves, you know, um, definitely worth taking a look at. Mm -hmm. I agree, man. I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the egos we all have within ourselves mm -hmm. and stuff. Like when you were bringing up like the people that had to do like ayahuasca or some mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, some substance to open mm -hmm. their mind. I feel like those were just Take the people that themselves, I feel like. they needed that to, to kill the ego to where they could actually see the core. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like, again, if, if that's, if that has to be your route to find it, you know, more power to you. Awesome. <laughs> If you can do that on your own, uh, just by chilling by yourself, thinking, awesome. Mm -hmm. If you need to go talk to a counselor to figure that all out, awesome. I think mm -hmm. every way is is perfectly fine, in my yeah. opinion, because it's all within the journey of learning to, mm -hmm. to know who you really are. Um, yeah, like Ben said there, mushrooms and DMT is are just tools. Um just some tools to help you get there. I mean, and then I'm actually like these days, there's a lot of scientific research being done with these um, sort of, you know, DMT mushrooms. I think maybe even ecstasy, um, MDMA at least, um, to see, you know, how does this help with uh, therapy and, and, and getting to people's core and figuring out what's wrong and how they can grow and how they can move. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think it's all just within that journey of self, you know, uh, mm -hmm there's so many different ways that people have done it. You know, I know there's guys that go out into the woods for 40 days and 40 nights right, and they figure yeah. it out and they can walk on water. So it's like, you know, <laughs> how, you know, like you can figure it out, but I think it's very important to, yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's so interesting. I'm actually really happy that like, that like, um, that like, like ketamine, like has been, not not completely dis decriminalized actually i'm not sure like where it's at like at least on the state level with illinois because i know um doing uh clinical trials with esketamine was approved which is like the the ketamine derivative and it's actually really helped people i think when it comes time to like trying to love yourself and find self-love people there are there are a lot of people who 
had been so traumatized and seen and or done or experienced really, really heavy shit where the brain just, just shut one part of itself off. And mm-hmm. I, you see, we can see all the time in trauma and with certain diagnoses that like the, whenever we're like just trying to remember something or whenever we're, um, whenever we're trying to solidify something in our memory, I should say, I'll use that example. Whenever we're trying to solidify something in our memory, if we've gone through something so intense, we process that logically, but we don't process it emotionally. So there's only like one process happening and important processes left out, which has caused like major memory damage for folks, which has caused things like a lot of dissociation for folks, right? And things like doing like EMDR, which is trauma-based work with therapy, doing things like taking a, um, like a responsible like ayahuasca trip or using mushrooms, like, or using not mushrooms, but psilocybin, right to kind of almost rewire that has been super helpful for folks and i'll always go to bat for that for sure um and and i'm actually like i'm hoping we can get to that point here in the states too because like as long as we are talking about like like balance and being open to things i think we've had such a long history with drugs people have that one of the theories of our evolution is that a, a leading theory of our evolution is that we got to where we're at now because we took so many like different psychedelics because we did so many substances. Of course, I'm not encouraging anyone to hear, you know, go fucking eat a whole handful of shrooms tonight and go fucking find yourself, man. But just like, I mean, if, again, you, do, you, do. If, you, if you do, you do. Oh my God. Well. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't. Well, teach their it's, own, right? I'm not endorsed by anybody here. We're not endorsing this. this is... Everyone's adults. Yeah, everyone yeah. Are, are adults. So you throw no, I mean, a it... jackass warning at the beginning. Like, don't do this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, but definitely, you know, they, it... they, they are tools that have been helpful for folks and more power to everybody. And Right. Can we can we do that work too? still like outside of outside of like substances? Right. To, to at least get those reps in of, of practicing like self-love, because, you know, whether it's therapy, whether it's substances, whether it's whatever else external means, the internal the internal reps matter. Right. Just like if you want to go to the gym, build some muscle up, you know, mm-hmm. the internal reps, you know, got to be done. Yeah, no, I agree. I think just like it had been said earlier, it's, I think uh, our society's scared of it because they think, okay, if, if the government, you know, reclassifies all this stuff, everybody's just going to be taking as much drugs as they can every day and tripping. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's going to be like, it should be used as a tool. It's not something that should be abused or used as a cope for the reality you live in. It, it's something, you know, it's, it's something that, that you come, it comes along every now and then. And, you know, you'll find yourself in a spot in life where you're like, Hey, I'm in a spot where, you know, I'm in a rut and allowing my, that to peel my ego back could be what I need to get up out of this rut and figure out how to get back on track and get my, you know, just like emotional mental state in the right spot. So absolutely. Well, it is about that time. So we got to hit it with the one time for the mind closing thoughts. Um, Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, If you want to have serious conversations about love, if you want to kind of like discover love more, what that could mean, I guess, for yourself, definitely gain other people's perspectives and engage 
just so maybe you can have a chance to find out, you know, what your relationship is like with certain people that you trust and also what love could look like, I guess, what self-love could look like. Love is amazing. It's it's one of the greatest like motivators of all time. It's one of the greatest emotions of all time. And it's really difficult too, right? It's not always, you know, peaches and, and rainbows. It, it's tough stuff, especially the, the long-term love. And if we can find more and more ways to kind of like help fully and healthily kind of overcome those challenges, we can grow stronger. I think it's just like a, a society or as a people, but especially as an individual, you know? Yeah. I, I vibe with that. Rolling off of that. I just, you know, those bad situations will arise and it's important to communicate about it and have the conversations, set those boundaries and, and lean into the uncomfortable. Uh, because more times than not, that's going to help you a lot more than suppressing it or f just fighting about it and not like, if you're not talking about it, it's not being handled pretty much. So, and the self, um, you know, one more time for the self love, self love, self love, self love, uh, one time for the mind. Don't let the pornog, uh, corrode the mind. Um, that's a big one. We, you know, every, <laughs> a big one. we kept circling back all, all day to that one. Uh, but, the pornog was the wheels that this episode ran on. I know what sure. you're doing after this, Chef. Let me just say that. I know what you're doing after this, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the magazine for old time's sake. But, but um, for real, for real, it's like embrace and and embrace the journey um, that you're on right now. You know, we're all here, um, so you you gotta you just might as well embrace it try to learn as much as you can about yourself and and go out i hate to use this term because my job used to use this but you know like go try to live like a kid you know what i'm saying go yeah. out with a sense of like wonder i'm not gonna say the word that they used to use it was curiosity curiosity yes yeah <laughs> Go out to the world with a sense of wonder, you know, like Corporate I've been America. listening, I've been listening to the, um, it's always sunny podcast when I was taking my son to Indianapolis and back just so I didn't have to keep flipping songs and whatnot. And that's one big thing they always talk about with Danny DeVito is that he still lives like he's a kid. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. like when we told him in, uh, in the, uh, day man episode, that he's going to play the troll. It's like, he like really in the episode when we tell him, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's really how excited he, he got over that, that he gets to play a troll and he gets to play this guy. That's a scumbag and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's just going about life with that sense of wonder and just like what, you know, today might suck. Tomorrow might be cool. The next day after that might be even cooler. And then we might suck for five or six days straight. Um, just embrace that journey, man. It's a trip. One final thought that just popped into my mind. If you want to have serious conversations about love, open conversations about love, you know, building conversations. Like you're going to plug a website. Don't. <laughs> Go to christianmingle.com. www.christianmingle.com. No. Have Don't. a talk with Jesus. Have a talk with <laughs> Local some, singles. Yeah. <laughs> Throw some women into the conversation, folks. Throw some men, throw some women, non-binary folks, they, thems, demders, whatever you identify as, right? Get a wide variety of perspectives. You'll find some interesting stuff about yourself and about other people. It's very true. It's very true. Very true. As as always, I feel like the best conversations take place when when you're here on the show, Darian. So yes. Yes. love to love to have you. 
Thank Thanks you. I love so coming on and having these conversations. It's always uh, it's always enriching. You know, <laughs> makes my days a little bit better. I love you guys. Okay. <laughs> we love it's you too. And opening up. We love yeah. you too. Let's have uh, a good day. let's close close it out. Peace. Smooches and deuces.